I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 119. If you're prepared to take your mortgage business to the next level, there is only one place to go. I Love Mortgage Brokering with your host, Scott Peckberg. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Beckford from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Shane Beeler. He's been in the mortgage business for eight years. He's a one street mortgage and based out of Edmonton, Alberta. A couple takeaways for me. He shares how the discipline of training in Kung Fu has helped him in his mortgage business. And I happen to love martial arts and Kung Fu, so I, I just eat this stuff up. He also shares a tool that allows him to visually track every deal, the to-dos assigned to that deal, and the stage it's at, and allow him to actually sleep at night and not be stressing about his files. This is a fantastic uh, tool that he talks about. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Normally, when we have products for the show, it's because I've used their product or service and I can give them my 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different since I don't do B deals. I haven't done one in a couple years. Some people think I'm nuts. It's just not something I've been good at. I decided to do some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West and I found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth, and underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for in a B lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they still have money to lend. I've been hearing some lenders are running low on cash, not these guys. If you're a broker who's looking for a lender for your next B deal in BC, Alberta, check out Pioneer West and tell, about, tell them you heard about them from I Love Mortgage Brokering. They are big supporters of our community and we've cooked up some pretty cool giveaways inside the Facebook group. Check them out at pioneerwest.com and check out this episode. Hey Shane, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I've been brokering now. This is my eighth year in the business. Licensed in both Alberta and Saskatchewan. Home bases in Edmonton. One of my business partners in One Street Mortgage. Started his career a year and a half before I did. At the time, I was looking to make a career change and it was... It was comforting to have a, a close friend that was that had already made that transition and started to see success with it. So I uh, got into the business. I guess I would have passed the, the course in, in 2008 and uh, kind of got rolling legitimately in 2009. And what were you doing before you got into mortgages? A couple of things over, over a course of eight years. I was in uh, IT sales and marketing. Uh, we're doing outsourced IT and, and IT service sales in the U.S. or out of Canada for U.S. companies. That's how I actually met Tyler Hillebrand, my, my one of my two partners in One Street. That was for four years. And then I had a, a construction position in Alberta during the boom where it was basic operations management and manage a crew. So the construction part was fun too, but it was just long term. I wanted to get back to something that was more of a natural fit and and mortgages seemed like it would be that at the time, and and I would say now for sure I'm I'm happy I made that transition. Right behind a desk instead of out un, under the sun on the tools. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, I, I mean I still miss it some days. I've had some clients that found out that there was some construction experience in the past and have suggested I come out and help with some of their own projects, which I I've taken them up on a few of those offers. But yeah, I, I would I would take what I do just about any day of the week over construction for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more, yeah, it's just a different, they're both good, just different. So before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a quote that's had an impact on you. I love how quotes are memorable, they're portable. I know I have, I have them all over the walls in our office. So can you share a quote that's really had an impact? Yeah, absolutely. My favorite has been for well over 10 years now, um, Aristotle. Uh, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Oh, that's good. So then how do you apply that to your to your life or business? Um, I'd say, well, and people who know me well, they always define me or categorize me as someone who always focuses on process and repetition. For me, uh, the reason I, I've gravitated to that quote so much is uh, it's empowering to connect with the idea that you're not limited by needing to find lightning in the bottle all the time. The actual habits that you develop that are, you know, become common in your day every day as a mortgage broker eventually uh, become second nature, but they're still 
uh, tools to success. So for, for me, it's just because I've always looked for process and everything. That quote kind of reminds me of the, 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 the concept that if I can create the right processes, develop those habits to become second nature, um, your mortgage business and the growth that comes with it can become automatic. So would you say you're like, how disciplined are you with your process? I would say, I mean, I can always be more disciplined. I think people who who would who would observe what I do would say I'm very disciplined at it. But I, I think like many people, I, I look to find the process. And I think sometimes I like to build the process just as much as I like to follow it. But at the same time, I think a really good process is one that not only you can develop, but that you can bring other people into. So that you can not only hold yourself accountable because the process is created properly, but you have somebody else that can help you manage that. Right. And so can you give me, so what does your day look like then when you get into your office? What do you do? Is it the same every day? Do you have like a, what's your routine? Because I think it's useful to see how people work to learn how to apply it to our own work. Yeah, I'm, I'm very list focused and it comes from a couple of places. Something more recently that I've spent a lot more time on is just being able to look at my my actual pipeline at a distance at a glance. I mean, we've always had tools we've used, whether they were through MA, the mortgage architects. I know you've talked about this on other podcasts with Eximius. There's been those types of tools out there. Everybody obviously uses Phylogics, but I've been focusing more on, a, I have a, a pipeline management system that just takes my mortgage process, the sales process, and I can see it at a glance and I can also build tasks off of that. So I'll use that at a, at a macro level. And that's the start of my day is just taking a look at that, uh, making sure that I feel like I'm comfortable with where things are at and, and what tasks are built off of that. And then on a micro level for my processes, I, I'll write a list um, usually once and sometimes twice every day where it's just a, a here and now list. So there's, the, you know, let's call it 8, 10, 12 things that absolutely have to be done right away and try to prioritize based on that list. Mm-hmm. And then do you like... Do you break that list down so you make the eight, ten things? Then do you just go at that list and till it's done? Do you stop outside distractions when you're working on that list? Like, do you turn off your phone or do you just kind of work on the list? And then when you get interrupted, you work, do the deal with the interruption, then go back to the list. Like, how does that look? Um, I do a bit of both. I could do. I could be a lot better with that. I mean, I, I I've I've tried to time block as much as I can where I'm working on some of the tasks that are a little quick to move from one to the next. Sometimes what I've found is if I have a lot of those little things that are just follow-up based, you know, whether it's documents to a lender, uh, emails to a client, the, the quick items, I'll try to tackle some of those really early if I can. So for anyone that gets up early, some, at some mornings I'll do it at 6 o'clock where it's, it's, I'm looking at it going, well, I have this list that's carrying over. These have to get completed. At some, um, some stages of the week, I'll take a half an hour, 45 minutes and just tick off as many of those things as possible because I know if I do it at that time, I won't get distracted. And I do like the idea of freeing myself up during the, you know, the more high intensity timeline where I can, during the day, be spending more time talking to my clients, whether it's in person or by phone or my referral sources and the actual business generating stuff that hopefully I can focus on more because I don't have all these other tasks that I'm burning to get to. That's, I love that process, what you've been talking about. I, I have a very similar process that I use. So what software do you use to manage that sort of those deals that you're working on as well as tasks or like what do you, how do you do that? So I, and I, I'll, I'll refer back to Tyler again because uh, Tyler and I had spent time a few years back kind of just seeing what's on the market for different systems. Back when him and I uh, sold technology and, and software and services, um, I, I spent some time working with Microsoft CRM from the from the sales side as well as seeing clients implement it. So I think the the good of that is we saw the diversity of what those systems can be. The bad of that is 
is you get this obsession with trying to find a, a solution that does absolutely everything. And I think the longer we looked at all these different types of options, the more we realized that there just really isn't something that does literally everything. There's, there's, there's aspects that can be covered quite widespread with some of the, the top providers. But for me, I use a, it, it's a simple tool called PipeDrive. And it's, it's quite cheap. I believe it's only $12 a month. It lo- allows you to customize your stages. And for me, the, the key catch off of that is I can define what my stages are, uh, input them, but also create tasks off of each stage. So I can, at a glance, see my pipeline and then see which tasks are green, meaning, meaning call today, yellow, caution sign, meaning they don't have tasks attached to them, or red, meaning they're overdue. So for me, that's been kind of a, a mind opener. When I can look at that, I'm, I, I attain a, a comfort level of knowing where everything's at. Whereas when I'm not looking at it, I feel like I'm flying a bit blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used that program before. It's actually very visually, it's it's super easy to use. You can drag and drop stuff and move them. And it allow, it's like a whiteboard, only better in the sense that it's electronic and you can move, watch your files move through their stages. Absolutely. Um, did you, have you ever tried integrating Zapier with it? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I I was doing some reading on some of the integration pieces, and I did see there's quite a few different aspects. But yeah, I, I haven't tried that yet. Yeah. So if anybody listening, Zapier is a program that allows you. There's another one called If This Then That, and essentially when an action happens in PipeDrive, it could trigger another action, like an auto email could be sent when you apply a certain tag or move to a certain category. There's not like. We use them for all for both businesses that I have all the time. Like there's all kinds of little automation sets. It's a fantastic tool. So check it out for sure. So okay, I love that you obviously it's the IT background that gets you into sort of thinking in a systematic process. And so in your mortgage business, so tell me about failure. I know that failure is something that, you know, if you've been in the business for eight years, sometimes things happen, but there's always a lesson in it. Can you share something that you failed at and then now looking back the lesson you learned? Yeah, absolutely. I think getting in the business we're always concerned about you know, where's the revenue coming from? Where, like, how are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to do all those things? And for me, the the biggest mistake I made as a result of, of, of that type of thinking is I didn't have enough emphasis on a, a true client touch point system. What I'm referring to, I mean, obviously there's different methods of doing that. There's, there's email-based systems. An example I would use for mortgage architects, for example, is this, the, the actual CRM program that triggers through Workbench. And there's lots of other real estate ones out there on the market that the people are using. I, it took me literally three years until I, I, I committed to that. And that's not to say I didn't hear about it or I didn't have somebody else tell me it was important. But I think I was pretty short-sighted in not putting an emphasis on that. As I started to mature a little bit in the mortgage business, you start talking to, to brokers who've established themselves. You find out just how much of their yearly business comes from their database. So if that's where I wanted to get to, I mean, I if I look back on it now, I should have had the emphasis on you know, having that database of clients from client one and, and looking at them as future advocates and, and not somebody that, you know, I do a mortgage for and then my, my touch points fall off and I may never see that client again because somebody else has come along or I just didn't do a good enough job of making them know that or understand that they're still my client. Mm-hmm. That's thinking about the lifetime value of a customer too, which is what will encourage people to invest in their database, I think. Absolutely. So you're you're using the Mortgage Architects internal Eximius platform to market your database. Is that what you're using? Yeah, I mean, and the, there's I mean, there's the two components of that because with Eximius, I mean, there's there's the mostly electronic based, and then the actual print CRM program. With for ours, it's it's set up through Workbench, where when we're signing off in compliance, 
it automatically is going to enroll everybody in the, the standard program. And then through our compliance process, we have a, we just basically cross-check who that client is. So are they existing client that's already in the database? Are they purchasing a rental? Obviously, if they're purchasing a rental, we're not going to trigger to start you know, sending duplicate mail to a non-owner occupied property. Mm-hmm. But that process, because it's systematic and we have a way of, you know, the person who's, who's working on the compliance can, can cross check it and then and kind of move into it. It's automatic. And I think that was the other thing I, I was thinking about when you asked that question is there's implementation of that, but then there's a way of making it automatic. And I think that's the other issue is we all think we need these, these systems, but then we get busy and we start to feel maybe a little too bulletproof and we start to let those things kind of slide a little bit because they might not be as automatic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at least the way I've always looked at it is if something can be in the background and happen, regardless of how busy you feel or how much you think you need it, I think that sets it up for success. And I, I like I said, I regret not doing that from day one. I mean, I did finally see the light, but I think that probably held me back from hitting some of the goals that I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, that plat program that they have, they charge about $39 and it's 21 touches over three years or something and it's mail and magazines and the whole it's like it's kind of a no-brainer i put everybody on it like you said as long as it's appropriate and uh yeah that's cool so can you share with me it sounds like well the administrative process that you had uh, adjusted was the pipe drive thing by building that makes your process is there anything else that you've changed with your you know process that's made your business easier or better uh, the the irony is is i was looking i was kind of thinking about this last night is i'd have to put a plug out for apple i mean Switching from a Windows-based laptop to a MacBook has been a game changer for me. And I, people who know me, I, I was resistant to that. I mean, I, I'm a creature of habit and process, and I don't change habits as, as quickly as I should, and I should be a little bit more adaptive on the fly. But, yeah, switching to a MacBook, I, I would, without exaggerating, would say it probably has cut down some of my the amount of time it takes to do any task by 30 40%. And, again, I'm not trying to exaggerate, but it, it does feel like I'm that much more efficient. So what kind of tools, what are you using in a Mac that you are finding makes it easier? I, we run everything on Macs as well, but I'm just curious what your experience has been switching from a PC to a Mac. Like, I think even just the basic functions, like the spotlight search, I mean, b- to be able to get into a client file that quickly, <laughs> the neat part about spotlight is it does all these other things too. So for example, our MLS listings in Alberta are all in square meters. If we want to convert that to square feet into Phylogics, spotlight search will do that on the fly for you as well. So just little neat little tools like that. We use the uh, the Windows Parallel for it as well, because we do still uh, maintain and run and uh, religiously use Microsoft Exchange Server. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for all all client interactions, we the reason we maintain that is we use a program in Microsoft Exchange called Simply File, and that program alone too has saved a lot of time. Just as far as every client interaction, we have a cl- uh, a folder for every single client we've ever had email dialogue with. Simply File will learn essentially what those client folders are over time, and when we're sending email, it'll it'll automatically suggest where to file that email. And then the same thing goes for if you have, you know, a thread of conversations, it'll file the whole thread for you. Mm-hmm. And now it, it's interesting because that's technically a, a Windows feature, but I've found Simply File on a Windows Parallel works more efficiently than Simply File did on a Windows machine, just as far as the way the system works and the processing capabilities. So again, even though it's a, technically only for Windows, it, it just that much more powerful on a MacBook, I feel anyways. Mm-hmm. Have you tried the voice to text feature on a Mac? I have actually, and, and I don't use it frequently. I've played around with it a little bit. It's it's pretty neat. And have you ever used any like text expander tools? After listening to to your webinar, yes. 
<laughs> so how do you how are you using uh, text? Are you using Text Expander or some other version? Yeah, yeah I'm using Text Expander. Uh, it's for for just the basics. So office address. So you'll have a client, you know, quickly text and say, "What's your office address again?" So we'll use the function for that. For lawyers, we use frequently because you'll get a text a lot from clients saying, "What was the contact info for that lawyer again?" So we'll just basically type the last name of the lawyer, and it, it automatically populates things like that. Uh, I haven't, we haven't been able to successfully use Text Expander on the Windows Parallel just because there's not the, the crossover there, but there's other tools that we can use in Exchange to do this similar function there. Right. And anybody listening, if you don't know what Text Expander is, uh, how would you describe it? You have a tech background. So what would you, how would you describe what that tool, what it is? Well, essentially it allows, I mean, for example, a, a Lawyer's contact information is going to take you however long to copy and paste or type. Text Expander, you're basically just typing your hotkey that you have set up for it or your word and hit enter and, and it automatically populates. So it, it, it'll, it'll take a task that sometimes takes a minute and chunk it down to two seconds, really. Right. Anything that you repeatedly type, like we use it for emails that we send out regularly to clients. Yeah, a whole bunch of different functions, but you just save the... You save it as like a little code that you remember. And then when you type that code in any program or app, it just drops that text in there. So it's fantastic. So I want to ask about sales and marketing. So you've been in the business eight years. So how did you grow your business? What kind of things did you do when you started to get your sort of name out there and build your business? Very, very focused on centers of influence at the time, partially because, I mean, I had, had experiences to lean on. Tyler was a good example because he was a year and a half in. And I mean, similar techniques or strategies he was using, I was. So um, I was looking for uh, realtors that were like-minded, financial advisors. Uh, Tyler had a very good relationship, still does have a very good relationship with an advisor in Saskatoon, who I'm very good friends with as well. And uh, it's interesting because from that advisor, he would generally give me advice on on how to build good referral relationships. So basically what, what he's looking for in a mortgage broker, a different provider and a different professional. So I, I spend a lot of time just contacting people, not necessarily always cold, but maybe for example, say you have a friend that uh, has a real estate agent that they, they like to recommend, just asking them, who's your realtor? At least at that point you have something in common. So you could phone that realtor and say, hey, I was just talking to my neighbor, so-and-so, uh, they speak highly of you, here's what I do. I want to, you know, see if there's an opportunity for us to work together. And I mean, it doesn't always work. I mean, there's not always a synergy or there's not always a willingness, but at the same time, I'm surprised how many, or I was surprised at that point, how many agents are really willing to sit down and just kind of explore if there's other options for them to refer clients to. Mm -hmm. Be a plan B till you can become plan A. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's good. And and you, what percentage of your business now is coming from database versus sort of outside like realtors and financial planners, do you think? It, it's about 65-35 now. So 65% client-driven. So when I say client-driven, I would classify that as client comes up for renewal or a client comes back to purchase another property or a client refers another client. So that, that would be of that 65%. The other 35% would still be realtor, financial planner, lawyer referred, essentially. Right. That's good. So I'm going to move to rapid fire questions now. So you can answer these as shorter answers if you like. What's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Self-belief. And what's one thing or habit you think has made you successful? Self-belief, again, I, I think has made me successful. And just as important, the ability to set expectations. So when you say self-belief, what do you mean by, like, what is it that you see people that are struggling? What is it, what's the belief, the faulty belief they have? I just, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't really think it's possible for them to have the level of success that other peers have. 
And we see this at in industry events and you talk to other brokers and agents and they're nice people, they're competent, but there's definitely people out there that set higher expectations for themselves and, and dream a little bit bigger. And I think a lot of times the biggest thing we fight against in our own minds is we're capable um, and it is possible to grow and, and have a similar story to somebody else that's classified as successful in our business. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest challenge for people when they get up every day is to, to know that self-belief is going to make or break um, how successful you're going to be at the end of the day, regardless of what you do. So if you had any periods, you say that's one thing that's made you successful, but if you had any periods of like self-doubt or where you were like, you know, over the eight years you've been doing this? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it gets better every year because the, 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 the peaks and valleys come with different numbers than they used to, you know, uh, coming from four years in construction before that too, we always had this, uh, you know, you're busy from spring to fall and, and you're slow in the winter. And the first thing I tried to eliminate from my mindset is that, you know, some, for some reason, the, the winter months are slow and it, 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 over the years, that's kind of worked itself out and they, our winter months aren't slow at all anymore. But having said that, in the first couple of years in the business, when things do slow down and you ha maybe have fewer prospects you're working with, fewer active, active files uh, that you're working on, it, it is easy to have that creep in. I was going to say, Scott, for that, I mean, I, I think it's also a also sound for anybody in, in any business or any occupation to not just have mortgages as the only thing you're setting goals on. For me, I, I, I do spend some time not you know, I wouldn't classify my, myself as a, a huge expert in it, but spend some time with martial arts on the side. Oh, what do you do? What type of martial art? Uh, Kung Fu, actually. It's funny. I tell people Kung Fu and they laugh and they think of Bruce Lee and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I, I train uh, at Silent River Kung Fu in Stony Plain, Alberta. And it, it's interesting because at first it started out, you know, just as my daughter had, had enrolled when she was uh, five years old at the time. And for, for me, it was just something to, to kind of get involved at the same time with her. But I find it interesting because when you have challenges in other areas, your successes in other areas, so for example, a physical challenge or some sort of milestone you're trying to hit that isn't related to mortgages, I find pursuing those things um, is, is full circle of success in other areas. It's hard to really start achieving success in one area and completely sucking in another. I mean, it's obviously possible, but I find that those successes start to build off of each other. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, I guess... It, to answer one of your earlier questions, I think that's another thing too for a lot of people starting out in the business is we have this tendency to go all in on mortgages and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's probably a good idea to have other goals that you're working on simultaneously that can kind of build off of each other at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's really good. And so I've done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so what's something that you've learned from Kung Fu that you've actually applied to your mortgage business? It's, that's a, it's a good question. I noticed that the inst instructors, and we call them Sifus. Like, like Kung Fu Panda Master Sifu. I just love that show. Yeah, exactly. What's interesting is uh, you see them do something and, and it, it screams exceptional. But then when you talk about what their path was to, to getting to where they are, it breaks itself down into day by day, hour by hour, the boring, you know, tasks that don't look exciting. And, and you know, back to the quote at, uh, at the start about we are what we repeatedly do. There's a, there's a, a quest for uh, black belts in the school as well as aspiring black belts. They call it the ultimate black belt test. And the team's called the, uh, the Iho Shuan team. And they talk about perfecting things uh, down to, you know, forms and kung fu that they do or routines. The forms themselves, they have a goal of, of taking one form and doing it a thousand times in one year. As, as a way of, of, of attaining close to mastery in that form. The interesting thing is if you take 365 years, or, or 365 years, sorry, 365 days in a year, 
that's really only doing that form three times a day. And the form itself usually takes about a minute. So you tell somebody that and say, okay, well, uh, can you do that form three times a day? Three minutes is all it takes. Everybody says yes. But then the, the crazy part is, is so many people struggle to do that every day for 365 straight days, even though everybody has three minutes that they could put towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the takeaway for me on that is you start looking at all these things and going like, what does it actually take to be successful as a mortgage broker? How much time should a person spend on prospecting? How much time should somebody spend on client follow-up and making your clients feel special and making your clients feel like you stay in touch? If we really were honest with ourselves, that's probably only a couple hours a day as our, our most important, highest producing activity. Why do more of us not do it? And I, I'm, guil- I'm the guiltiest one of that myself is that it, I, have, I do have the time. We just have to always get better at that. So, I mean, the, the Kung Fu thing is interesting with that because it's the same challenge in a different way. Right. It's physical, but it's, it applies. Sometimes I, f- I find for me, I learn my get my best ideas outside of the mortgage space and I try to come back and apply it because I don't know, it's just, maybe it's just a fresh set of eyes or something, but I totally, and I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. Like I love his Bruce, there's several quotes that he has that are amazing, but um, that's good stuff. I, for me, what I learned from jujitsu from my coach was that, or is that you either win or you learn. And so when you have a match with someone and if you win, well, great, but if you lose, then there's an opportunity yeah. to learn, right? Because maybe you made a mistake or, and so I try to apply that to work to work is in, in I'm just like I either either it's successful or I learned something. So I'm it's still successful. It's just not what the outcome wasn't what I expected. Absolutely. Cool. So do you have an Internet resource or software program other than Pipedrive that you use to make your business more successful? I think we've touched on most of the main ones. I mean, yeah, I mean, as far as the ones I wanted to touch on, I mean, I kind of dug them out of you already. So but what about what about a book? Is there a book that you'd recommend? Absolutely. This one became my favorite back when I, I started in, in sales in the early 2000s, uh, Focal Point by Brian Tracy. All right. Yeah, I haven't read that one. Okay, here's the last question. One of my favorites, the DeLorean member, Back to the Future. Yes. So if I could put you in the DeLorean and send you back eight years to the first day you started, what? and you could sit down for 10 minutes and give yourself some advice, what three things would you tell yourself to have a bigger, better business? Believe in yourself. Have other, uh, other avenues that are a pursuit of success in your life because those successes can build off of each other. Have a way of tracking your pipeline, uh, a visual way, like Pipedrive, for example. I think for a lot of people, we carry this clutter or stress in our mind when we don't know where everything is at. And for me, anyways, I have a huge peace of mind when I can... I can see and know that I have tasks and processes that, that can, can gather and make sure that those busy days don't get out of control. And then the, the third thing I would say is just when you're, when you're finding people to do business with, whether it's realtors, home builders, accountants, financial planners, I think sometimes we think anybody who can refer us to business is a good fit. For me, I look over the years, the, the realtors I have the best relationships with are naturally the ones that I'm the most like-minded with. We have lunch together and, you know, one hour turns into two. There's a natural flow. We golf together and, you know, five hours feels like an hour. Those kinds of things. And and I think there's there's nothing wrong with pursuing people that have a very similar interest. Sometimes we try to put a a square peg in a round hole and for somebody that's just philosophically a bit different than us. Mm-hmm. So I think I think if I was telling myself when you're, you're seeking out people to do business with, find not only people that can refer you business and that are successful, but people that are like minded and that you have a synergy with. It'll be a better long term plan. Absolutely. And I mean, the easiest way I think to find that is my example earlier about, OK, which realtor sold you this house? If it's somebody that you feel you already connect with, there's a good chance that they're speaking highly of their realtor. There's probably further connection there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm asking somebody that 
you know, couldn't be any different than, than I am and, you know, couldn't do things any differently than I do in all areas of my life, asking them who their realtor is that they think highly of might produce a different type of, of individual. It, it might randomly produce somebody that's perfect, but your chances are probably better of staying within your like-minded circle rather than trying to fight against those other norms. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Shane, where can people find you online? Through, through our main website, uh, onestreet.ca. So that's uh, O-N-E-S-T dot C-A. Man, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I love our conversation. I hope you continue to crush your mortgage business and we'll be chatting soon. Great. Thanks a lot, Scott. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.